On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, again, another day, more JT Miller talk. What my ingredients are to be a Stanley Cup winner and, more importantly, a playoff team and what the Canucks need to add. And what will constitute as a successful season for Elias Pettersson and why this season is pivotal in the young man's career. It is Locked On Canucks and it starts now. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. I'm, of course, your host, Justin Pooney. I hope you guys are all doing well on this fabulous Friday, July the 22nd. Of course, you can find us on all platforms. I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. And of course, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find me at Twitter at underscore process sports and our show's Twitter at Locked On Canucks. So today, we're going to, of course, as much as everybody hates it and doesn't want to talk about it, and we're all sick and tired of it, I'm going to explain to you why we have to talk about JT Miller. Then I'm going to give you guys my key ingredients to be a Stanley Cup playoff team and a championship team and break down what the Canucks have and don't have about that. Then we will continue on with our player uh, projections for the upcoming season. Today, EP40 is under the microscope and why I believe this year is critical for the young Swede center. So without further ado, let's just jump right in. So of course, JT Miller is still not traded, still a member of the Vancouver Canucks. And it seems that this question was being asked kind of ever since the trade dead, right before the trade deadline uh, of this past season and now all the way throughout the offseason. And it was the biggest talking point uh, going into the offseason. It still is the biggest talking point. And of course, uh, there's being pressure from the, all over the market uh, for a somewhat of a resolution, you know. Up leading up to the draft, well, it's okay. JT Miller is going to get traded. He will be traded. Draft comes and goes. He is not traded. Okay, start a free agency. Okay, maybe a deal gets done before free agency. Nope. Maybe after free agency, uh, as teams, you know, continue to tinker with their lineups, look to get better. Nothing of yet. Matthew Kachuk uh, is the latest star uh, to be uh, on the block. He has officially through reports, requested a trade out of Calgary. We did talk about that the other day, about the whole, you know, this is the end of Calgary's uh, run, and it looks like they're going to be taking a step back as an organization. And when you look at the Canucks, right, obviously this organization hasn't reached the levels of success it has in previous years. And JT Miller is a symbol or as a, or as a beacon uh, of two options. One, a massive haul that will help you better uh, better yourselves over a longer period of time, hopefully. Or remaining with a roster as their best player as they continue to push forward to hopefully build a cup contender uh, very closely. Both of them have positives ending. You know, they both have each have each situation has a positive and a negative. So the Miller trade is you shed caps, assets. 
that can help you be sustainably good for time. The negative is you're dealing with knowns. You're going to probably be dealing with, you know, younger players who have potential to be very good, but might not be very good. They still have to develop. Draft pick, which, again, are a guarantee they will be good. With the resigning, you know what you're going to get with JT Miller. 99 points, but it will be, you know, 65 to 80 points, I would suspect. Um, Frontline guy, a leader, sandpaper guy that Jim Rutherford has talked about. That is what the Canucks need. The Canucks, he is their Canucks best player. Whether you like it or not, he is their best player currently. On the other hand, he's going to be 30. And dishing out a long-term deal with a fairly sizable cap hit might not be the smartest thing for a team that is in cap. I wouldn't say cap hell, but they're well, they're up against the cap and they don't have that much dollars left. And they still have players, uh, re- players still down the pipeline. They have to resign uh, of their own. Now, t- thinking about that, the Canucks have a bunch of guys they have to resign. I talked about in the last episode with the Pedersons, the Horvats, uh, the Dermots, the Kuzmenkos. You know, there's a very good chance that one of these players will not be around. Now, I don't think Andre Kuzmenko picked Vancouver to sign a one-year deal and bounce else bounce out elsewhere, but Ilya Mikheyev just signed a four-year deal. Ilya Mikheyev and Andre Kuzmenko have the exact same agent. So you're telling me if Kuzmenko pops off this year, he's not going to want a similar deal to Mikheyev? Well, that's four and a half, four point seven five million bucks. Uh, you know, Bo Horvat needs a new deal. What the heck is going to happen with that? Um, Elias Pettersson is going to be cashing. We're going to be talking with him later on in the show about how he needs to step up. Um, so going back to JT Miller, he, the reason this is such a big talking point and we're all sick of it now is because we, a, we want a resolution, but also we want to know like what direction this team is going in because you look at the, you know, the Colorado Avalanche who had um, a guy like Matt Duchesne, who they traded, um, and then acquired a bunch of assets that helped them win the Stanley Cup. That could happen. But again, Colorado had those ancillary pieces like the, the Landis Cogs, the McKinnons, and the Rantanins, and all this. And then they traded Matt Duchesne to acquire more assets to become better. So I will say this about JT Miller. Either way this goes, there is risk involved and there is a positive on either side. If I'm Jim Rutherford and if I'm Patrick Alvin, I make the best decision for the sustainability of this franchise long-term. Playoffs this year would be great and amazing, and I really hope they do. I think they're good enough right now to make the playoffs. But I don't want it to be a one-year playoff make and then not a playoffs for another two years, right? You want sustainable sustainable success here in Vancouver. That's what we all want. So uh, speaking of sustainable success, when I'm looking at a roster, or looking at a team, what are some of the ingredients you need to be a, a Stanley Cup playoff contender, a perennial Stanley Cup playoff contender or cup contender? So um, when I'm looking at it, the Canucks have a playoff caliber goaltending group. Spencer Martin proved last year he can be a solid NHL back. Thatcher Demko, we know, is a number one A goalie. That frontline goalie who can, you know, withstand a season's load of work and play at a high level. Um, when I look, think about the defense, that we all know that's the weak point. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that in a second. 
Um, when I look at forwards, of course, you need front line, you know, guys that can put the puck in the back of the net that you can lean on. You look at any successful team in the NHL, um, of course, the Avalanche, the Lightning, the Penguins, the Blackhawks, the Kings, all those teams that won cups over the last 10, 15 years, what did they have? Guys who came up big in the clutch. Uh, Crosby, Malkin, Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, Head, no, well, Headman on defense, but, you know, McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, you need those guys. So the Canucks have those top-line guys. Pedersen, Miller, Horvat, Besser, you know, those guys, that core top, top nine, I believe right now, is good enough to make the playoffs. But what else do you need? You need a number one bell cow defenseman who can play 20 to 25 minutes, sorry, 25 to potentially 30 minutes, and a top pair that can do that. The Canucks do not have that. We know Quinn Hughes is a very talented offensive defenseman, but on the defensive side, he struggles. And come playoff time, I don't know if Quinn Hughes can handle the physicality. I don't know if Quinn Hughes will get the same space he gets. Um, and can he log those long minutes? That is the biggest question with this team, in my personal opinion, defense. You need, it's kind of like pitching in baseball. You need a stable of defensemen. You think about when the Canucks in 2011, they might have not had a true number one A with a bullet, but they had guys like Ham Hughes, Airhoff, Bieksa, you know, guys that could play sizable minutes, but they were also deep. You had guys like, I know people hated Andrew Alberts, but he could play, you know. Chris Tanev was, you know, came out of nowhere, stepped in and played. Aaron Rome, you had NHL defensemen, you know, eight NHL defensemen deep, seven, eight NHL defensemen deep that were, could step in the lineup and might not be making a media impact, but they would do stuff that would, you wouldn't notice them. And sometimes that is important when it comes to defense. If you can't notice them, they just make the right play, get the puck out of their zone. Then that, my friends, is very good. So, again, that's what it all comes back to. The Canucks defense is the weakest link. And the way I see it is that's the biggest key. You look at the Lightning, then the Avalanche. They both, Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, you know, Josh Manson. Um, Samuel Gerard was hurt, but, you know, the Avalanche could roll guys out there that could play big minutes, eat up big minutes, and play both ways. Skate the puck out of the zone, move the puck, play like that. We all know how good Victor Hedman and Kale McCarr. You know, Eric Chernak, um, you know, Zach Bogosian. Um, you know, Ryan, Cal not Ryan, Ryan McDonough, when he was with the, the, the Lightning, the Lightning had guys that could eat up minutes and play the game serviceably, right? Um, that is what the Canucks don't have. So when I look at this roster, goalie, forward group, bang, check, check, check. I think forward group, if the, I would be happy if it was a better fourth line. But, you know, as of right now, I think the top nine to 10 forwards are very good. They're playoff caliber. I think both goalies are playoff caliber. I think the Canucks have... One really good defenseman in Quinn Hughes. The rest are yeah and yeah won't get you to the playoffs. So when I think, or we might you might go to you make the playoffs with a bad defense core, but you're not going to do anything in the playoffs. So um, the Canucks defense is still an issue. So that is the big key to this roster going forward. Uh, but coming up after the break, I want to circle back to Elias Pettersson and talk about what. Concerts as a good season for him, 
and how this season is critical, critical for his career. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the fine folks at betonline.net. Betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one source for all odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be your top online resource for all your sporting and wagering information. For live betting, live in-game betting, excuse me, scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay. Before we are back, before we go into Elias Pedersen, first, we all know NFL training camps open up next week. And, of course, the NFL is an absolute juggernaut in the sporting world, and it has full of stars. So which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at betonline.net. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So we are back. Elias Pettersson, Canucks, of course, EP40, the big man, the guy with the buzz cut now, who we all hope can explode into superstardom and who has the talent to become a superstar. So Elias Pettersson last year played 80 games, the most in his career, the most in his career. You know, he played... 71, 68, 26, and this year he played 80 games. Got off to a kind of a slow start, but finished the season with 36, 32 goals, 36 assists, 68 points. So, what constitutes as a good season for Elias Pettersson? Well, Elias Pettersson plays on the top line for the Vancouver Canucks, plays on the top power play for the Vancouver Canucks. This will be his fifth NHL season. Now we all know the talent is there. We've seen the flashes of brilliance by Elias Pettersson. But the time is now for him to go from a good young player to a very good NHL player. I am talking about all star level player. Elias Pettersson is the future of the Vancouver Canucks. It's as simple as that. Elias Pettersson is and will be the face of the Vancouver Canucks. JT Miller might be the best player right now. Bo Horvat might be the leader of the Canucks right now. But in 7 to 10 years, Elias Pettersson will still be potentially the face the leader of the Vancouver Canucks. While he's had a good start to his NHL season, I see guys like Matthew Barzell, who I think are better than Elias Pettersson. I see guys, of course, that have made a bigger impact than Elias Pettersson. I mean, you look just in in Canada. You have guys like, well, Calgary lost both, but it, McDavid, Drysidle, better. Marner, Matthews, as much as I hated my players. You look at around top players, the top teams around this league. Stamkos, Point, 
top line players. You know, St. Louis, they have a guy in Vladimir Tarasenko for now. Have, you know, you know an emerging guy in Jordan Cairo. They have all the pieces. You know, you know, Florida has a guy like Alexander Barkov. The Rangers have Artemi Panarin, Chris Kreider, Mika Zabinajad. You know, I need to see Elias Pettersson take that step from being a top 30 player in the NHL to be a top 15 player in the NHL. And how do you make that jump? Well, you have to be a dominant presence night in and night out. Elias Pettersson has to be starting this season a guy who every night teams fear, just like they feared Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Although people don't want to say it, people game plowed around Elias Pettersson, uh, sorry, Henrik and Daniel Sedin on a nightly basis. I need to see Elias Pettersson take that jump because why? A. It makes other pieces expendable because when you have a superstar player who can carry a larger load, you can offset some other assets to, you know, save cap space and, you know, help your long-term sustainability. Do I believe if Elias Pettersson, you know, was racking up, you know, 85 to 100 points a year, would I, do I think JT Miller could be gone? Of course. But there's a reason JT Miller... And Elias Pettersson kind of platoon center on that number one line. Because Elias Pettersson has to take that next step to be that bona fide number one. Number one with a bullet center. And that is what needs to happen this year. Whether JT Miller's on the Canucks or not is irrelevant. Elias Pettersson needs to take that next step in his career and become that guy. You know, if you look online, you, you see like, you know, that, that meme with the dog in him. He's got to have that dog in him. I need to see that dog in Elias Pettersson on a nightly basis. I see it in flashes and spurts, but I need to see it 82 games a year. And also for him, he needs to show this because he has a new contract extension coming up. After next year, he's going to have one year left on his deal and is going to be looking to cash in big. If he has a really, really good year this year, the value of his contract goes up and up and up and up. And he's not going to sign a bridge deal anymore. He's going to be looking to cash in on a big deal before he can go to unrestricted free agency. So that when I look at Elias Patterson this year, I need to see at the bare minimum, the bare, bare minimum, 35 goals and at least 80 plus points. Elias Patterson has enough talent in this game to be a frontline center and to be a point per game player. We know how good the shot is. We know how good the vision is. We know how he has all the tools in the toolbox to be a point-per-game player in the National Hockey League. And it is time for him to take the step to become a point-per-game player in the National Hockey League. And once he does that, not only will the Canucks grow as a team, he will grow as a player. And other players around the league will want to come and play with Elias Pettersson. If he becomes a superstar or a all-star player, other players, when they're looking at the Canucks and making decisions on where they want to play next, they might want to play with Elias Pettersson because he is that guy. So at, after this year, I want to see Elias Pettersson. I want to see Elias Pettersson become a superstar, or sorry, not a superstar. A superstar is top you know, 10 player in the world. 
but he needs to be in that level below it. He needs to be, become that you know bona fide all-star player for this team to be successful. That is what I want to see. That is what I want to see. So that is that. Now, we're going to take one more final break. And after that, I'm going to tee up a special weekend episode of Locked on Canucks. Uh, that is all going to be about hype questions and revisionist history. So stick around. And welcome back to Locked On Canucks, the show that keeps you locked in on all things Vancouver Canucks. So before I say goodbye, uh, tomorrow, Saturday, we will drop a episode. And it won't be on anything news-related, no player projections for so. Uh, it's kind of a rebound. I missed the other commitments with work. Uh, but on Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, excuse me, the right day, I'll be dropping a special episode about the what-ifs, the biggest what-ifs in Canucks history. I'll take three of the biggest what-ifs in Canucks history and break it down on how it would change the franchise's history, the city of Vancouver's history, and what the NHL might look like had the opposite of what occurred happened for the Vancouver Canucks. So stick or, make sure you turn to Saturday's episode because it will be very, very interesting. I'm very excited about it because my mind wandered a lot when I was planning out this episode. So I'm really excited to share my thoughts with all you guys on that. So like I said, tomorrow, biggest what if in Canucks history episode. Um, I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and, of course, available wherever you find your podcast services. Now, make your second listen, Locked on NHL. Our Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute podcast. Guys, take care. Stay safe. And I'll talk to you tomorrow on a Saturday.